One of the great things about anime song lyrics is that they give us an inside look into how songwriters think. When you're able to pull apart a song and see the story that unfolds from doing so, you can add that songwriter's tools to your tool belt, making you more able to write great songs that are great stories in of themselves. And because I want to help you put words together such that your storytelling skills improve, today we'll be looking at the lyrics to the opening theme of an anime that is all about words and the power they possess. Folks, today we're going to be looking at the lyrics to the opening theme for a story whose manga won Best Novel, Best Scenario, and Best Manga in 2014. And even more recently, its anime won Best Animation in the 2019 Crunchyroll Anime Awards. We'll be discussing the opening theme for Violet Evergarden here on Anime Story Gold. Oh, and by the way, happy 2020, y'all. What's up, guys? This is Chuck. Welcome to another episode of Anime Story Gold. Very special welcome to our first-time listeners. This is the show where we discuss how anime, anime music, and everything in between inspires us to tell great stories. All right, the opening theme to Violet Evergarden, entitled Sincerely. That's the name of the song, Sincerely. Now, there are a number of translations, a number of English translations to this song. Um, What we're going to do is go through three different versions of the first verse of the English lyrics, and we'll see how these three different versions tell a story differently. How do they grab the listener? How do they use detail to see to it that we understand this song? We're going to be going into that in just a minute here. Okay, so the first translation that we're going to be working with is the translation that you will see when you watch the actual anime. When you have the opening theme playing, you'll have the English lyrics on the, back, um, on the bottom of the screen. The second translation we'll be looking at is one that I found on YouTube, which appears to be the actual translation, or the, rather the most accurate translation of the lyrics. And then the third translation we'll be looking at comes from a YouTuber who calls herself Esturd. That's E-S-T-U-R-D. Yes, that's the name she uses. Um... She is a YouTuber, and she's decided to sing a version of the song herself on YouTube. You can find her at S-Turd, that's E-S-T-U-R-D. And we'll compare how S-Turd, the considerably accurate YouTube translation, and the uh, anime bottom-of-the-screen lyrics translation, let's see how they compare, and... Which versions use what details to the most effect? So let's start with what we see when we watch the anime. Okay? Here we go. Violet Evergarden opening theme entitled Sincerely. Each time I learn a new word, the fog begins to clear. But there may well be words I cannot understand alone. Goodbye is a bitter pill to swallow, and I love you is strangely distant. This indescribable emotion welling inside scares me to the bone, but it also feels very dear to me. All right. Interesting start to a song. We get very visual, talking about the fog beginning to clear. And this is always something that is considered effective in storytelling. There are said to be three kinds of learning. There's audible, learning through what you hear, 
visual, learning through what you see, and kinesthetic, learning through movement, going out and actually doing something. So this analogy to the fog clearing is actually the second learning style, which is visual. So the learning of the new word and the clearing of the fog. So we know what fog clearing looks like. Let's compare that with the YouTube translation, which is, which is said to be the most accurate English translation. Each time unknown words come to mind, I reach my hand through the traces they leave. But there may be words that I cannot comprehend all alone. Goodbye is so bitter, while I love you carries this far-off scent. This incomprehensible feeling is so very frightening, but so precious at the same time. So, for this second translation, we see that we're reaching our hand towards traces. In this case, we're talking about the traces of words. So this speaks to the kinesthetic form of learning, actually using the body and using actual movement versus the visual learning from the first version. Now, depending on what style you gravitate towards most, and that depends on what kind of learner you are, you might say that version one is more effective, seeing the fall clear, versus version two, reaching your hand out, even though that's kinesthetic and you use your body to reach out, it can be a little bit difficult thinking of reaching out towards words, simply because we usually don't reach out towards words quite literally. And depending on how you learn, visualizing that may seem strange. Let's say we took both of those translations and fused them together. What if we took both the kinesthetic and the visual style of learning and used those two in conjunction with each other for an even stronger visual and an even stronger body action? What if we were to reach toward the fog, or rather reach toward the word as it faded away like fog clearing in the sky? Okay, now we've got a much stronger visual. Being able to combine the visual and the kinesthetic makes a much more powerful image in our minds. And also, we can imagine reaching our hand out. I always like to write in ways that use the body, write in ways that really get into the physical sense. For example, if you're angry, you wouldn't just say you're angry, you would say your fists clenched, maybe your teeth are gritting, maybe, you're, maybe if you're really angry, you're growling in your throat or something like that. So we've talked in previous episodes about using visuals. But I wanted to introduce the kinesthetic aspect of, of learning and kinesthetic aspect of writing in this episode because it is another tool that you can add to your toolbox when it comes to storytelling. Not just what you see, but what you feel with your physical body. Okay? All right. Now let's look at the third version. The third version from S-Turd. All right, it begins like this. When words I do not understand reveal themselves within my mind, I reach out a single hand before they're gone from sight. Okay. Interestingly enough, it's almost as though Esterd has made an attempt to combine both the visual and the, the physical. 
So the word appear, appears within the mind. Reach out a hand before they're gone from sight. So we, we feel reaching out with our hand. But as far as them being gone from sight, how do they fade? Maybe they fade like fog. So S-turd is scratching the surface of what I'm talking about. Mixing the kinesthetic with the visual. Again, if we can mix these two different learning styles, we create a more vivid image in the person's mind. Not to mention, we're able to touch the souls of people who are visual learners and who are kinesthetic learners at the same time. We reach both audiences. But let's continue. But I have heard so many words whose meaning still remains so blurred. Because on my own, I can't find the answers. All right. I'm getting visual. Meanings remain so blurred. So we can, we can see the blurriness of the words. We, we've seen things blur before in our lives, so we know what blur looks like. And it's funny because with all three translations, the messages themselves are fairly similar. But how they are expressed, much different. They challenge which senses are most effective. They challenge the idea of, okay, what senses should we speak to when it comes to writing? We're going to go back to the first translation and see the second half of the first verse. And it goes, Why am I crying? What reason do I give my heart? Words don't always tell the whole story. Sometimes they are simply there building up rapidly and making me miss you. I'm going to go through that again. Why am I crying? Okay, we see the visual of a person crying. What reason do I give my heart? Words don't always tell the whole story. Sometimes they are simply there, building up rapidly and making me miss you. Now... The visual aspect here is a little bit more ambiguous because we say that the person is crying and we can visualize that. But then it says, what reason do I give my heart? Okay, maybe we visualize a heart shape when we, when we, when we hear, what reason do I give my heart? Words don't always tell the whole story. Sometimes they are simply there. In these two lines, we're leaving the visuals and the imagery up to the listener. What do you see when you hear it? Words don't always tell me the whole story. Sometimes they are simply there. Do you see a storybook full of words? Do you see just an array of words arranged in your mind. We're leaving it up to the listener here. Let's move on to the next translation. Why am I crying right now? How should I answer my heart? The words are never spoken. They're just there. They just keep building up. 
I want to see you. Okay, why am I crying right now? Not so different from why am I crying. It means the same thing, pretty much. Then it goes, how should I answer my heart? Now, this makes a little bit more sense in this case because we've asked the question, why am I crying? Now we want to know how we should answer. So this makes logical sense, but there's no real visual here. How should I answer my heart? Again, we're leaving it up to the listener with this translation. Now, I believe that things shouldn't always be left up to the listener completely. There should be a little bit more of a visual aspect so that we can really see what's being intended. But let's look at the third translation. Okay, here we go. Why do the tears fall unbidden from my eyes? How should I be answering my heart's impassioned cries? Although all these words have forever been unspoken, I don't know how much longer I can keep them deep within. I have but only one desire, to see you one last time. Once again, we are not so much being visual, but we're being literal and upfront. Tears are falling. How should we be answering? Words have forever been unspoken. Don't know how much longer they can keep them within. Now, the one difference we do see with the, with the crying part is that they said that there's tears falling. Okay, one visual there. Which is more than we can say for the past two translations. So, S. Turd has given us a little bit more for us to see without leaving it up to chance without leaving it up to us to decide what can be seen. As you write your stories, how much are you leaving up to chance? As you write your songs, how much of your lyrics are you leaving up to the listener to come up with their own visual? The two things that I want you to think about in this episode are visual and kinesthetic learning. Again, we said that kinesthetic means doing, the use of movement, movement of the body, so movement that comes from us. Because these are two really important aspects, and I've said this a bunch of times already, but I'll say it again. I want to drive the point home. These are two important aspects when giving a very solid visual and solid feeling that the listener can really understand. You don't have to say that you're crying. When you say that the tears fall, we know what you mean. We know what it means when tears fall. And we have seen tears fall. And we have felt tears fall. So now we're getting into kinesthetic as well. Seeing and feeling are very important when it comes to songwriting and storytelling. And with that, I want to tell you guys that I've decided to 
make this this show even more specific as far as what we'll be talking about. We're going to be talking about, well, let me put this into context for you first. I've been a rapper for seven years now. I've been writing lyrics for almost 15 years now. And I've been studying storytelling for the past couple years. I feel that I can best help songwriters when it comes to writing stories, be they fiction stories or nonfiction stories. But lyric writing is my specialty. And I want to make sure that I help my listeners as best I can. So from this point forward, there'll be much more focus on storytelling through lyrics. Now, fan fiction writers, short fiction writers, of course, if you gain something from this show as it progresses, I'm very happy about that. But I'm going to be focusing more on lyrics from now on. Animate theme songs, be they opening themes or ending themes. And we'll be taking a look at uh, different kinds of lyric writing styles. We'll be taking a look at different kinds of meter, different kinds of rhythm when it comes to writing songs. Also, we're going to be very certain that you get examples uh, from songs that I've written, songs that uh, my fellow anime fans have written. There are plenty of anime fans in the hip-hop community, in the rock community, in the punk community uh, that I know write their own lyrics, and my goal is to have them come on as well. Now, don't get me wrong. Anime and storytelling will still be the core of this show. But to make it more specific and just to be be able to offer you guys more expertise through my many years of experience, we're going to be doing this through songwriting. Thanks again for listening. I know that comparing these translations can seem a little tedious, For those of us who are songwriters, I strongly recommend it just because, as I said uh, in the beginning of the episode, when we are able to go through a person's lyrics, we get to a better understanding of what they were thinking and how they think when they write songs. I mentioned this a few episodes ago. It is very important that you practice writing other people's lyrics, not plagiarizing, not calling someone else work someone else's work your own no no i'm just talking about being able to understand the best practices from the best songwriters and the best way to do this is to copy lyrics read through them see what they're about and see how they really make the song visual kinesthetic and audible as well depending on what your learning style is But remember, visual and kinesthetic offer a much bigger punch than just audible. We can all hear words. We can all hear music. But what we see and what we're able to feel make those songs that much more engaging. Thanks so much, guys. See you next time. And of course... Peace, love, and respect to Bad Snacks.
Bad Snacks, the wonderful music composer behind this song here that you're hearing. It's called New Year. You can find Bad Snacks on YouTube, B-A-D space S-N-A-C-K-S. You can also find her on Instagram under Little Bad Snacks. That's L-I-L-B-A-D-S-N-A-C-K-S. Much love. Take care, everybody. And Happy New Year.